Like I was saying, I think we're one of the few churches that are open this morning, and I appreciate y'all guys being faithful to the Lord, and uh, I pray the Lord will just uh, honor that and uh, 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 put a hedge of protection around you. And uh, I think it's kind of funny they tell us uh, any more, gathering more than ten together, don't be getting together, and we have definitely more than ten in here. And uh, they they they're telling us uh, you know try not to go into groups and everything and all I, all they do but they leave the stores open and then you go over to Walmart and there's about 500 people in Walmart and you go any grocery store just people crammed in there with the gar- with the cart sniffling and coughing all over everybody so if they're able to go to Walmart and, and and go in there and make money for Walmart then we can go in here and, and and praise the Lord Jesus Christ I don't feel guilty one bit doing it I'm not. I'm not uh, judging anybody who doesn't want to come in. Like I said, I, I for sure don't judge anybody who doesn't want to come in. Uh, we have different sicknesses and illnesses, and I definitely wouldn't want to put anybody in, in risk. But I also want to do what I think the Lord's called me to do. So that's what we're, but we're going to talk about that this morning. Matthew chapter 24, look at verse 3. Let's look, see what Jesus Christ has to say. And as he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered, said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now that's going on in the world today. There's lots of men and women that claim that they're the Christ, that they're God's chosen anointed one, and they're not. Verse 6, And ye shall hear wars and rumors of wars. I believe that that's happening every day on the TV, every time you turn in. See, see ye that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Nation rise against nation, that would be race wars. That would be races. Kingdoms, is, uh, kingdoms would be like America versus China, but nation against nation would be races. Races rising against it. Have we ever seen a time in the world where, there's, where races are, are at each other's throats? They're, they're at each other. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines. A lack of toilet paper. <laughs> a famine for toilet paper in the land of America. If there's ever any doubt... What America's full of, just know that there's no toilet paper in America. And I want you to put two and two together there. And there should be famines, famines. And look, pestilences, pestilences, and earthquakes. There was an earthquake in Utah, very rare to have an earthquake in Utah. I think a 5.3, it shook them up. They're not used to that. Their buildings over there are not made for earthquakes. It's earthquakes, and look, diverse places, different places, diverse places. Places are not used to having them. You're seeing that. Pestilences, swine flu, coronavirus, Ebola, all this stuff, pestilences, AIDS, pestilences. But I want to stop there at verse 8. All these are the beginning of... Of sorrows. Amen. That's not good news. I know y'all didn't brave coming out here to hear some bad news that, hey, the bad news is this is just the beginning. Amen. But I'm not going to have, I'm not going to open up the word of God and, and give you all bad news as good news. Amen. That's what God does for us. He gives us the bad and then he gives us the good. So there's going to be some good news. But the, the bad news for the world, for anybody who's lost going to hell, anybody who doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, listen to me, people. 
These are the beginning of sovereigns. This is just beginning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to pray a hedge of protection around every heart, every soul in this room, Lord God, everybody that's took a, literally, Lord God, and sometimes their lives in their hands, Father, coming out for you to hear from you, Father. And Lord, I pray you honor that and, and, and bless them, Lord God. Father, I just pray, Lord God, that they didn't come all this way, Lord God, to hear from me. They want to hear from you, Lord. And Father, I just pray you fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, it be your words, not mine, Lord God. Father, I pray it be like holy manna coming down, Lord, that we might feed off of it, Lord God. We might feast off of it. Father, give us what we need this morning, Lord God, in, these time, in this time like this, Lord. We need Jesus Christ more than ever, Father, and I pray, Lord, you'll honor these people. And, Father, I just pray your word will be effectual and work, Lord, and, and you promised us, Lord, that it wouldn't go out void. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now turn to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah 41. Now... Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 21, had, in the same context, was talking about the same thing. He said that men's hearts are failing them for fear. At that same time, Jesus Christ said that men's hearts will be failing them for fear. If there's ever an age that we live in, an age of fear, it's right now. Amen. People are so silly and so fearful of all little things. I can't guarantee you, you're not going to get the coronavirus stepping in this church this morning. Amen. I can't guarantee you that. But I also can't guarantee you won't get run over by a car when you walk out those back doors. They can't guarantee you at Walmart when you're trying to uh, fight and punch somebody over some toilet paper hand sanitizer that you're not going to get corona when you punch them in the face. Hey, guys, nobody promises you anything. Nothing's promised in this life. And, and, and for, the, for the world to see a little bit of something like this and go absolutely crazy and go nuts to affect where... I, I'm not bothered, I'm not afraid, but the fear of man is so strong in this nation and in this world that it's affecting everybody, even us sane people. The Bible says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. A sound mind, just, just a sound, a firm mouth. We know what's going on. But look at Isaiah 41.10. I wanted this morning. I want to this morning, I want to give you five reasons Christians are not afraid of getting the coronavirus. This is a timely message. Amen. Five reasons that Christians are not afraid of getting the coronavirus. I'm not afraid. I don't, there's only two groups of people in the world who are not afraid of getting the virus. Christians and teenagers. <laughs> teenagers. These two groups here are not afraid of getting the virus. Oh, and down in Florida, they literally had to go down there, I think, with armed guards and shut the beaches because they would not leave. They were having spring break. They were going to take spring break and live it up and drink it up no matter what. Amen. Now, why would a teenager act like that? Why would a Christian act like that? Well, I think I've got the answer. I think it's because both these groups believe they're going to live forever. Amen. When you're a teenager, you think you're Superman. And you think... Everybody's old, including somebody who's 30 years old. That's an old man. And you think you're going to live forever. Well, so do the Christians. Uh, only one of us is right. Only one of us is right. Why does a Christian think that? A Christian thinks that because we put our life in Jesus Christ. Amen. And the point is, in Jesus Christ, we're never going to taste death. For a Christian, we don't ever die. For a Christian, we just pass on to a better life. The reason why people are so afraid of dying is because when they know this is, it's coming up. 
there, there's a gnawing, there's a gnawing, there, there's something going on in their heart. They know that, hey, this is getting real. I might have to meet the judgment. They won't admit it. Some of them would never admit it, but there's something deep down inside. They know it's, it's the end is coming. The end is coming. The end is coming. And for a Christian, it's like, oh, it's only just beginning. It's just beginning. If I pass away, the begin, it's just beginning all the beauty, the, the excitement, the joy of heaven. So here's five reasons. I'm going to give you five reasons out of scriptures that Christians are not afraid. Now this could apply to the coronavirus or to stepping out in front of a car and getting ran over or for cancer or for whatever you're dealing with in life. These are the five reasons we're not afraid. Look at, uh, look at Isaiah chapter 41. Look at verse 10. God tells us, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. The reason why I'm not afraid is because my God said, don't be afraid. Amen. Yeah. He's never been wrong. He's never been wrong. And he said, don't be afraid. Amen. I'm with thee. Amen. God. That's what separates me from anybody who's afraid is, I know God's with me, and he's going to stay with me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Most people, what they fear is they fear the unknown. They fear what, 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 what will happen and what, what's going to happen. And, and when, you get the, when you get to looking up this, uh, the truth of the coronavirus and you get to looking up what's going on and the, the statistics, you'll find out that somebody's hiding the truth from people. There's no reason to be this afraid. Now, if you're dealing with a certain illness, you're dealing with respiratory problems, you're dealing with different things in your in, 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 uh, physical conditions, yeah, you should take some precautions. But nobody's guaranteeing you life. Nobody guarantees you that. It's the fear of the unknown. But with God, we know God's in control and God has a plan. So we, get, we tend to have peace about things. We go, well, I know God's working. He's got a plan. And whatever he's doing, I think it's going to be okay. He's working. Amen. He's got a plan. Hebrews 13, 15. Jesus, uh, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, 15, the Lord says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So I'm not worried about the Lord leaving me. I'm not worried about the Lord forsaking me. That's why I'm not afraid, because i got God with me. Amen. And the Bible goes on to say, not only do I have God with me, the Bible says I'm a born-again believer. I have Christ in me. Amen. I have the Lord in me. You can take me and throw me in a prison. You can take me and put me at the deepest, darkest pit, and God's in me. Amen. You're not going to take God away from me. Now, you might try to take my church away from me, and that's what they're trying to do. You might try to take my Bible away from me, and you can do that. You might try to take away my clothes. You might try to take away my dignity. You might try to take away my shame. But you'll never, ever take away, take away God that's in me. Amen. Never take away that. Look at the same verse, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Look at this. I will strengthen thee. The second reason I'm not afraid is God gives me the strength to overcome fear. My strength doesn't come from me. My strength comes from God. My strength comes from Jesus Christ. It's in me. God gives me the strength to bear burdens. God gives me the strength. See, we all have storms in our life. We all have burdens. But with Jesus Christ, He gives you the strength to bear those burdens. He get you, you can have the strength to bear those burdens. You say, well, how are you bearing those burdens? Because I'm not the one bearing them. Jesus Christ in me bears them. Amen. It goes back to him being in me, him being with me. Because when it's my problem, guess what? It's God's problem. Amen. 
When I have a problem, it's God's problem. When I have heartache, it's God's heartache. When I'm fearful, it's God's fear. He says, no, you can't be afraid. He comes and he's got he's to help me. It's his strength. He helps me to overcome sin. That's the greatest blessing of being in Christ. Amen. Is the power to overcome sin. Now, I just quoted that verse starting out this sermon. But he did not give us the spirit of, of fear, but of power. Amen. Power what? Power. The greatest power God gives us is to overcome sin. Amen. To say, to have the strength to be able to say, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I want to live a holy life. I want to live a clean life. No, I'm not going to do something to my fellow man. No, I'm not going to do this to my enemy. I'm going to love my enemy. Amen. Where do you get that power from? Well, it don't come from within. Because Keegan wants to hurt my enemy. Keegan wants to do these evil things. But Christ in me gives me the strength to do it. Amen. It's God in me. That's, where my, that's why I've overcome fear. He gives me the strength to bear my burdens, to overcome sin, and to do His will. To do His will. It's not my strength, but the Lord's strength. In second, I'm going to read this to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Jesus Christ told Paul, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. See, when you're at your weakest, that's when God's at His strongest. When you're at, when you're at your most afraid, when you're, when you're at your most fearful, that's when God will come in and take and give you the peace that passeth all understanding. Amen. I can't promise this in anything but Jesus Christ. There's a peace that a Christian has that passeth all understanding. And it amazes me to be around Christians that are dealing with some of the biggest storms that can come into a Christian's life. And the peace they have and the grace they have, it's amazing. And the only thing I can chalk it up to is God. Amen. Is God. It's God doing it. I can't do it. You can't do it. But God can. Amen. But God can. And God can. But He does it in you. He does it in you. Uh, the Salvation Army. I love the Salvation Army, I love some of the things to do, but way back at the turn of the century, there was a, a ship called the Empress, and there were 130 Salvation Army officers on this ship, and the ship started going down. And when the ship went down, 109 of them drowned, of these Salvation Army officers. 109 of them drowned. They didn't have enough life jackets. But what they told, the survivors told that the Salvation Armies would come by and they, this guy would take off his life jacket and he'd give it to a grown man, a man that's full, a full strength man. He'd give it to him and he'd tell that man, I can die better. I can die better. I can die better. Amen. As a Christian, that's what I say to so many people. You know what? I think I can die better. I'm not worried about getting it. Give it to me because I know I can die better. Because see, I'm going to a place called heaven. I'm going to a place with Jesus Christ, with my loved ones. And that's what the Salvation Army was telling them on that boat. He said, here, no, take this life jacket because I can die better. And they did die. A vast majority of them died. But they went on to be with Jesus Christ. See, and, and the point is, is when you say the word die, there's a finality to it. But really, for a Christian, you don't ever die. You don't ever taste death. You don't ever see death, Jesus Christ said. You pass from life unto eternal life. We are all going to die Amen. of one thing or another. And when a Christian receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it's amazing that peace you have is that all of a sudden you're like, you know what? Amen. Everything's going to be okay. Amen. Everything's going to be okay. I don't have that fear I used to have. Look at Isaiah 41. Look at verse 10. 
Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Oh, man, that's so good. Look at verse 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Oh, what a blessed scripture. What a blessed scripture. The Lord tells you right there, he says, I'm here to help you. I'm here to hold your right hand. Amen. Amen. That, you know, he helps me when he, when he helps me, the Lord God helps me when all looks hopeless. The Lord helps me when I can't do it anymore. The Lord helps me when I just simply ask. The Lord is my biggest help. He helps me in so many different ways. When I read those scriptures where he says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand. The first thing, I, I wrote this down in my Bible. Because when I read this scripture years ago, I wrote this down in the Bible. He holds my right hand like a good dad. See, when I talk about God and the Lord and Jesus Christ, I talk about the Father. I don't know him as God anymore. I know him as the Father. He's a father to me, and I'm his son. And when times are hard, when things start getting scary, he comes in and he grabs me by the right hand. I don't know how many times I drive a truck for the city of Brownwood and we drive around and when I'm driving around, I'll see kids out there and anytime a parent, get, there's danger for their kid, I've noticed it, the parent will run over there and grab their kid by their hand. Come over here, get out. You know, and that's what God does for me. Anytime, there, anytime there's any kind of danger, anytime there's some kind of fear going on, God will run over and grab me by my right hand like a good dad. He's here to protect me. And let me say something to you. God says, I'm going to grab you. I will... Hold thy right hand, sing unto thee, fear not, I will help thee. When God grabs you by your right hand, whoever has you by your right hand, they're in control. Takes away your right hand, that signifies everything you do. You don't open up the doors anymore. You don't pick up a pen to write. You can't do anything. You're reliant on the person that's got your right hand to do it for you. See, when God says, I'm going to hold your right hand, what he's saying is, I'm going to hold your right hand like a good dad. I'm going to take control. I'm going to take over. Don't you worry about a thing. You know what I know about kids? The kids don't worry about the bills getting paid. <laughs> kids don't say, oh, I hope we, hope we pay the water bill this month. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't worry about the bills. I didn't worry about groceries. I just went in and opened up the refrigerator. I expected everything to be there, and that's how God expects you to act. You don't worry about things. God's your father. He's going to take care of you. I'm not afraid because God's my father. And he said, I will help you. I will hold your right hand. My first help, my first one I run to for help is always God. Every time, Jesus Christ. Any kind of problem I have, I run to Jesus Christ. Not to the government. Not to the medical community. Not to the media. Not to social media. Not to, listen, some of I'm not saying we don't go to the doctor, amen, but that's not my first help. When I start feeling sick, the first thing I do is pray to God, pray, ask for healing, pray for, some, pray for healing. If that doesn't work, I'll go to the doctor, I'll ask the doctor for some medicine. But see, in my mind, that doctor has his wisdom given from God. Amen. And I'll tell him as much, I'm thanking the Lord for you. That medicine they give me, God gave somebody the wisdom to make that medicine. All that wisdom comes from God. So in the end, I give God the glory. But I always, first and foremost, start with God. 
and ask him to help me. That's why I have no fear. I don't have any fear because he told me not to be afraid. And he gives me strength to overcome my fear. And thirdly, he told me he'd help me. He told me he'd help me. Look at Isaiah 43. Look at Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. Look at Isaiah 43 verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that, Lord, that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. Why? For I have redeemed thee, have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. <laughs> Woo! Brothers and sisters, if you're a born-again believer, God says, you belong to me. I redeemed thee. That redeemed means he bought you. He bought you back. He purchased me. Jesus Christ bought me by his precious blood on the cross. So when I start having problems, when I start having fears, I cling to the cross of Calvary. I go to the precious blood of Jesus Christ because that's what bought me. Amen. He bought me with his blood. And now I'm no longer my own. I belong to him. I'm under his control. He, puts, he grabs me by the right hand. Why does he grab me by the right hand? Because I belong to him. Amen. And he wants to help me. And I am owned by him. Amen. Let's read that again. Fear not. Why? For I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. See, he gives us a name. Thou art mine. Thou art mine. You remember when you, you first found that sweet nothings you couldn't live without, that sweet love of your life? You remember when you first found it? You thought, oh, I, uh, she's, the, she's the woman. I got to have her. I got to have her. She's my, I got to have her as my wife. What's the first thing you did? You want to make sure everybody else knows that she belongs to you. So you, you well, well, we'll get married in, in eight months, a year. We'll get married and say, no, no, hold on, baby. I got something for you right here. Let me give you this little engagement ring. And you'd slip that little engagement ring on there, and you're like, oh, sweet Terry. <laughs> and you're looking around with like, like a wolf at both sides of your eyes, looking for, make sure that man don't look over here at her. No, this one belongs to me right here, boys. See this ring right here? This ring tells you, hands off. She belongs to me. I've, I claim this one right here. That's what that ring means, ladies, if you didn't know that. to us men. <laughs> that one belongs to me. You don't think men look at that? We were, uh, we were at a, some men were working together with me, and there was, there was a woman across the way, and, and, and one of the guys said, well, why don't you go over there and talk to her? And he goes, well, she has a ring on her finger. Oh, man. I See, some guys already said that belongs to me. See, when God bought me with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and he purchased me, he put me, the Holy Spirit in me, and that tells everybody, hands off. Amen. He belongs to me. Amen. He belongs to me. This one's mine. So when the devil comes around, and the devil comes around looking to see who he can mess with, he comes around and he sees a big old sign, property of God, hands off. Amen. He belongs to me. I belong to God. I'm not worried about anything the devil can do. The devil can only do what the God allows him to do. Amen. That's why I pray a hedge of protection just like Job. I pray a hedge of protection. And if God's, if God's going to allow the devil to get in that hedge of protection, there's nothing I can do. You're going to be like Job. Sores from the top of your crown to the bottom of your feet laying there. What can you do? What did Job say when he was in that condition? Y'all remember? Though he slay me, I will trust in him. Amen. Lord, if you take me, 
You take me. But I belong to you. You have the right to do what you want to do with me. I belong to God. And I'm so happy for that. Do you belong to God? That's the question. Are you afraid this morning? Are you fearful? Well, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you said, you know what? I want, I want to get a daddy. A heavenly daddy. A heavenly father that will take care of me and watch over me and give me the strength to do what I need to do and to help me and to say when the big bullies come around to say, hey, get away from him. This one belongs to me. Look at chapter 35, Isaiah. Isaiah 35. We serve a great God. And there's so many reasons why we serve a great God. And this is one of them. Because in times like these, in times like these, when I see people going absolutely crazy, this is the time the churches should be open. This is the time that we should be praising God. This is the time we should be getting together worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason why I'm so bad to get up here and worship Him because I want to worship Jesus Christ. This isn't about a social gathering. You can socially gather in, on the Internet. That's what a lot of people are doing. And, you know, God bless them for it. But listen, I want to gather and worship Jesus Christ together. There's nothing like being in a church when the Holy Spirit starts moving. Amen. And the hair in the back of their neck stands up. He's, Man, there's something going on here. Amen. I want God to move. I'm going to be there when God starts moving. And look at Isaiah chapter 35. Look at verse, um, verse 3. This is the last one. This is the fifth one. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. That's my message to you this morning. Be strong, fear not. Why? Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Mm-mm-mm. Even God with a recompense, he's coming to pay them back. If you don't know Jesus Christ and your Lord and Savior, I'm going to be honest with you, you should be afraid. Amen. Yes. I'm not mocking you for being afraid. See, I think you getting the, maybe you got the wrong idea sometimes because I'm so bold about stuff, is that I'm up here mocking people that are afraid. No, I'm not mocking you. I'm telling you, you should be afraid. I'm just glorifying Jesus Christ because I'm not afraid. But it, I hope you're getting out of this, that those four points before we got to this fifth point were Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen. It isn't me, 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 me. Now, whenever I uh, talk to people about, when I talk to people about the virus, and they're, oh, we run out of toilet paper, we don't have no food in there. This is the, old, this is the saying I always tell everybody. A country boy will survive. <laughs> A country boy will survive. And what that means is I'm not worried about it. I grew up poor. Little sister's in the church with us. Me and my little sister, we know really good how to make mayonnaise sandwiches, no meat. Put the mayonnaise on the bread. I know how to make uh, barbecue sauce and crackers. You mix up with the sour cream. I know all kinds of different ways to eat food. I've learned every way you can imagine eating food. So don't tell me that I, I should be afraid I'm going to run out of food. I'm going to have a country boy will survive. But that doesn't give the glory to God. And I don't mean to take the glory away from God. And I want to give the glory to God this morning. I want you to let you know, I'm going to survive either way because of Jesus Christ. If I come down with that virus and I pass away in two weeks, y'all don't be crying over me. Y'all don't be crying over me. Dwight Moody said, there's going to come a day you're going to see that in the papers that Dwight Moody has died. Dwight Moody said, 
Don't believe a word of it. Because at that time, I'm going to be more alive than I ever was. So if I was to, if the Lord was to say, today's your day, Keegan. I feel sorry for you guys. You're stuck down here with all of this nonsense. And I'm going to be up in heaven with my mother, with my loved ones, but more importantly, with Jesus Christ. Be strong, fear not. Notice, but though, behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense. He will come, not might. He's going to come and save you. Amen. Here's the main and fifth. This is the fifth and main reason why I'm not afraid. I'm saved. Amen. I'm saved. I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And when you, have, when you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, it's amazing how that dark cloud passes away and the sunshine starts shining in, and you could be in the darkest moments of your life, and Jesus Christ would be down at the bottom of that ship sleeping. Amen. And you'd be like, Lord, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And Jesus Christ got up, and he just calmed that sea. And he got onto him for being lacking faith. Lacking faith. So in times like these, guys, this is when we should have more faith than ever. Put more faith in Jesus Christ. You, some of us have put our faith in the government for way, way too long. Amen. Some of us have been putting our faith into a president way, way too long. We need to turn our faith and our, our, put our faith back on Jesus Christ. Amen. Back on the Lord God. Because he promised these things and it will come to pass. Guys... This isn't, this isn't China running through our streets with guns. This isn't Nazi Germany. This isn't a nuclear bomb dropped down in the middle of Washington, D.C. This is an invisible virus that nobody can see. God is playing the biggest joke on people. And they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. The sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. It is falling for you. Because he's coming back. See, why I'm not afraid is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he's coming. I just read it to you at the beginning of this sermon. Everything that Jesus Christ told you to look for at the end of the world, you're seeing it day by day. And he went on to say, this is the beginning of sorrows. It's only beginning for anybody who doesn't know Jesus Christ. I will come with vengeance. God will come with vengeance. He's coming. See, if I die, I'm saved. I'm bound for heaven. I'm going to see Jesus Christ. I'm going to see my loved ones. I'm going to get into glory if I live. Now, if I live, maybe, just maybe, I'll get to see Jesus Christ come back. And that's really what I want to do. I want to be here when that cloud and that sky breaks open and that beam of light brighter than any atomic explosion goes off, comes out of this world, and here comes the glory of God with Jesus Christ on his horse. I want to be there to see all that. I want to be there. But I'm going to be on the right side. I'm going to be following him. So many people in the world are going to be looking up at him. And that's a fearful place to be. That's a fearful place to be. If I die or if I live, I'm a winner either way. That's right. Guys, there's nothing the world can take from us. We want it. I've read the end of the book. We win. The devil loses. 
I know the end. I don't mean to, this is spoiler alert, spoiler alert, we win, we win. Turn to Luke 21. Let's finish at Luke 21. I mentioned this verse, well, let's go look at it and then we'll close here. Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. I love that song. I'm a winner either way, if I go or if I stay. Man, that's a good song. It's a good song. Wish I could sing. I'd sing that as a, as a special. I don't want to bring fear into your heart and start singing. Luke chapter 21. Look at verse 26. Look, look at verse 25. Let's look at verse 25, guys. Let's get the context. We're going to close. Luke chapter 21, verse 25. Jesus Christ is talking about the same. It's the same context that we were reading earlier in Matthew 24. This is Luke recording it. This is how Luke records it. And Jesus Christ said in verse 25, There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. That's tsunamis. That's underground earthquakes under the ocean. We've already seen that taking place over the years. Look at verse 26. Men's hearts fell in them for fear. That's what we were talking about. That's what's happening today. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Be looking for it. That's the next sign. You're going to see things happening up in the stars, asteroids. You're going to see some weird stuff happening. The, the heavens are going to be shaped, shook. You're going to see it. Verse 27. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. That's just what I, just, I tried to describe that in, 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 in not very good words, but that's what I'm trying to describe right there. Here he is coming back. Verse 28, this is for you. This is for you, Christian. And when these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. Amen. I'm not afraid because I know God's got my best intention at heart. He's coming back and he's going to come back to get me. He's come back to rapture me out of this world, and I'm looking up. Man, when this stuff, I start seeing this stuff happen, all that does is make me look up to Jesus Christ even more and say, okay, I'm ready. Amen. Come get me. I'm seeing this stuff. I'm seeing it all around me, Lord. I'm not afraid. As a Christian, I'm actually excited. Amen. I've had so many different people say, it's like we're living in a movie. It's like we're living in a movie, like a science fiction movie. And that's right. It is like we're living in a movie. And I'm ready to eject this thing. <laughs> eject that movie. Let's get out of this. I'm ready to get out of here. I'm ready for Jesus Christ to come get me out of here. Because I'm in the wrong movie. Amen. I have a friend I worked with for years and years. His name was Robert Deal. He's an old boy from Mason County. I think he played football for Lano. Or it might have been Mason. Big old, we called him the Albino Gorilla. Big old boy, I mean, big old boy. Looked like a gorilla, man, but he's as white as white as these walls right here. And we sat in an insurance meeting one time, and we were sitting around, me and Robert were sitting around, and we were pretty close and good friends. We'd worked together for years and years at the city. And the city had a policeman that got sick. And the city had a policy at that time that you couldn't share your sick leave. The city gave us way overabundance too much sick leave. So a lot of us had literally thousands of hours of sick leave. So there's people in the departments wanted to give to this poor officer that was dealing with a very serious illness. But there was no policy in place. They wouldn't allow us to do it. So they come up, and they come up with this policy because of the policemen. They come up with this policy that we could, we could just give four hours of our sick leave. When you have thousands of hours, four hours is nothing. 
okay? Nothing. And if you got sick, if you got sick, what this new policy says, if you, you get put into this pool, they call it the emergency leave pool. If you just give four hours, four little hours, a little bit of nothing, you just give four hours, you get in that pool. If something happens to you and you run out of all your sick leave, all your vacation, then you can draw out of this pool of hundreds of thousands of hours, how much, we don't know how much is in there, tens of thousands. You can pull out of that as much as you need. So if you have a catastrophe in your life, you, you'll, you'll get a paycheck, amen? That's what this is for, so you can still get paid. So me and Robert, or Robert and I were sitting in that meeting, and we're sitting there, and he said, the only reason they're doing this is because of the cops. They don't care about us. I said, yeah, you're right. They're only doing this because the cop got sick. If, if any of us got sick, they wouldn't do it for us. I said, I don't know, Robert, but you know. And he was mad about it. I said, but man, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. I, 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 he got so mad about it. They come around and had the paper there, sign up. I signed my four hours. I said, Robert, you going to sign yours? He said, I'm not going to do it. He was mad, and he, he had a right to, honestly, brothers, sisters, he had a right to be mad. But I tried to talk him into using it, he wouldn't use that, he wouldn't take it. It's free insurance. A couple of months later, he gets liver cancer. Goes through his vacation time, goes through what's left of his sick leave. City couldn't pay him anything. Ran out of money. Because at that fateful day, he made a decision out of anger not to take what was freely given to him. And he died. Now his family's moved on and they're doing good, but the point is, is that he had a decision to make and he refused and rejected it because of something was bothering him. Even though he could see the best deal he could, is, is free insurance. And we kept trying to tell him, Robert, this is free insurance. But his... There's something in his heart that got him so mad, he refused it. So to this day, when we have one of those insurance meetings, anybody around me, I tell them, get that insurance. Get that. And I tell them that story about Robert. Now, I preach Robert Deal's funeral. Robert Deal was saved. I talked to him. He knew the Lord. So he, he got the right insurance, heavenly insurance. Amen. Amen. He got the right insurance. And that's what I, my point I'm making to you this morning in closing is, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord? Have you took this free insurance? It's freely offered, but you've got to take it. Amen. Don't be like Robert to when it's too late. There's no turning back. Nobody, God can't even help you. There's that opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's a free gift. He bought you. He redeemed you, but you've got to receive it. Because a gift can be offered like it was to Robert and not received. Amen. If you've got fear this morning, if you're afraid of where this world's going to come to because it's only beginning, you know when this stuff starts up, it only gets worse from here. And what I mean by that, even when we get over this, and we're going to get over this, amen, we're going to get past this. This is just a storm and the coronavirus, all this stuff is just a storm, but you know the next one's coming. Because there was, there was a million of them before this, and there's going to be a million after this. Amen. What are they going to do to us next time? How bad are they going to quarantine us? Are they going to tell us not to go to church by, by law? They might tell us not to go to church by law. They might, you don't know what's coming. If you're, if you're afraid, and you should be if you don't know Jesus Christ, let me offer to you some insurance called Jesus Christ. If you'll receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, all these five reasons I give you this morning, 
there'll be your reasons too why you can turn to somebody and say, I'm not afraid. It's in the Lord's hands. And that sums it all up. I'm not afraid. It's in my Savior Jesus Christ's hands. And you know what? I'm in His hands. I'm in the nail-scarred hand. I'm not worried about anything that's happening in this world. Praise the Lord, we have Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for your grace and mercy. Lord, thank you for salvation that's freely given to us by Jesus Christ, Lord, and offered to us. But Father, if there's somebody needs the sound of my voice that's never received that free gift, Lord, they can't think of a time that they bowed their head and asked Jesus Christ, asked you to save them, Lord God. Father, I just pray you speak to the heart right now. Lord, let them know that they need to repent of their sins. Lord, know they're a sinner and come to you, Lord, the best way they know how and asking you to save them. And Father, I just pray a hedge of protection around everybody that's in this room this morning, Lord God, as we go out, that you'll protect them, Lord God, and honor that they love you and they wanted to hear from you, Lord God. They wanted to come in and worship you, Lord God. And Father, I just pray you write their names in your book of remembrance, Lord. Thank you so much for your love and grace. Thank you for your mercy. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world, but... Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.